One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT, Duper, oh, AW Dynamite, oh. AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. We're well, going a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamilton to look back on SmackDown. Mate, great to have you back on. And what a great Friday night episode of SmackDown we got this week. Yeah, it was, it was all right, wasn't it? It's I'm going to be indulgent here. It's You say great to have me back on. It's nice to be back on. Uh, I miss getting to speak with you five days a week about this sort of thing. For those that can't tell from the slight audio disparity between the two of us, we are still doing this over Zoom. All of this, every time you hit record on one of these Zoom calls, I'm still at home. Wilborn is a perfect picture of health. The Rona still lingers in under the roof of House Hamlet presently. And I, uh, <laughs> I just feel like um, another famous Michael. You know when uh, Michael Scott paid for Pam to go and study art in New York, but in doing so, it meant that he had the right to a personal phone number and he would call her and he would just go, miss you... Miss you so much, kiddo. Miss you. I just feel like I want to spend the duration of this review looking at those great studio walls behind you and telling you how much I miss you, miss you. And, sma- and SmackDown, more than for its artistic quality, will serve as a conduit for us to be able to, well, just chat some shit about the wrestling for a little while because this wasn't um, this wasn't anywhere near the quality of last week's excellent Dynamite, which I did notice people on Twitter were suspicious of. Oh, I see how the daddy boys managed to uh, shake off their run of booze to get into total, total coincidence. I want to point that out. Things have sadly got worse in my situation before they got better. I believe Michael Sidgwick is indeed back at large today. Um, But yeah, like in spite of all that, thanks SmackDown for existing to allow me to speak to my friend. That's the uh, privilege, (laughs) the privilege that this pressure affords us. Yeah, I don't know whether I'm giving SmackDown more leeway and possibly Monday Night Raw as well at the moment, purely because you and I are sat there going, well, in two weeks we'll be in and around WrestleMania uh, or not. <laughs> but I'm getting giddy basically watching these shows and we are oh, yeah. less than two weeks away now. So, Yeah, again, to be even more indulgent, um, what has this podcast become now that we're back on Zoom? But to get even more indulgent, yeah, like the prospect of... 
um, being in attendance for WrestleMania or indeed the sheer size and scale of WrestleMania this year as it was in 2016. The fact that that is starting to loom and you can watch videos looking at the giant AT&T stadium or wrestlers that keep talking about obscenely expensive pyro. I, uh, I hate myself for how much the WrestleMania fever and I am testing negative at this point, so it's in me more than COVID. But uh, like, how much the WrestleMania fever is getting to me? They don't deserve this a lot of the time. But you, we all end up pointing at the sign sooner or fucking later. Yeah, I think that's why I'm allowing some of the people get to go. I'm going to WrestleMania because I go. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's start at the beginning of the show because they hyped up a collision between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And boy, howdy, did it deliver. So Roman Reigns, the bloodline all come out, make their time saving for me on a Sunday night rewatch of SmackDown entrance. Um, He uh, asks asks Charlotte to acknowledge him. And uh, he says, this should be excited. This is the first time me and Brock are going to be face to face after I smashed him in Madison Square Garden. Um, and he's hyping that up when suddenly Paul Heyman got, got a message on his phone and points out that unfortunately, uh, due to bad weather or something in Saskatchewan, uh, Brock Lesnar uh, will not be here tonight. And Heyman apologizes and says, we want Lesnar chant and Roman looks sad. And he said, look, I'm, I'm good too. I wanted Roman here just as much as you guys. But, you know, we just have to acknowledge that you know, you can't blame Brock. You can't blame the weather. It's a business decision. Look, Brock Lesnar is scared of Roman Reigns as he bloody well should be. Um, and Roman starts to do some more spiel here. And then Paul Heyman gets his attention. He's like, what, what's going on? And he says, well, unfortunately, I've had an update. And Brock Lesnar is not only coming here, his plane has landed. He's on his way here. Uh, He starts freaking out. You see the panic come across Roman's face. And he says, well, I know what we're doing. We're getting out of here. Heyman, wrap this stuff up, basically. Um, Before we got to the fallout from this in a second, I just love this opening to the show. Yeah, I was a bit of a sucker for Roman. Like, you have to... You have to suspend your disbelief a little bit too far for all of this to, much like Brock Lesnar's playing, land. You have to suspend, you have to suspend your disbelief that in the what minute, minute and a half between the bloodline thinking everything was absolutely fine, and then Paul Heyman getting another text message that everything in the plan had suddenly gone wrong. That was a bit of a reach. However, I did really enjoy Roman Reigns yet again doing the uh, Brock Lesnar's trouble me in the slightest. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Everything is everything is fine. I'm making fajitas. Everything is absolutely fine. <laughs> Only only for one tiny thing to yet again rattle him completely off his perch. He yeah. was even like, what was it? He said, why are you interrupting me again, wise man? As if to say that that wasn't part of our scheduled interruption. Yeah. We practiced, we practiced a fake interruption so that people would believe I'd fine. What are you doing this one for? I don't care for this improv, wise man. And then for him and it was actually the weather's fine. I'm sorry, but like, this isn't a bit anymore. We, uh, he's, he's coming. And then you get real, <laughs> like, your problem. Your problem. I, like, I was kind of, yet again, um, romanced by Roman's conviction to this, being a little bit afraid of what Brock Lesnar could actually do. I've I've quite enjoyed this the way this story has played out. 
absolutely. Uh, and then Cole and McAfee run through the lineup for tonight. And we cut backstage to the bloodline, hightailing out of there, I think is the correct term. They jump in their car and suddenly you hear, you hear a horn. <laughs> and there is Brock Lesnar. He's not only at the arena, he's in his cowboy hat driving. I can't remember the exact term that they use, so I'm just going to say a forklift because that's what mm-hmm. they used on NXT. To, but so they're probably just getting their money's worth out of it. <laughs> so they try to get out of Dodge, but Brock Lesnar smashes the, I don't know what they're called, the fork, I suppose the forklift, the bit of the forklift mm-hmm. with the, the, yeah. the bit that does the lifting with the forks into <laughs> the windows of the car. They cut to commercial. When we come back, we see what's been going on. All the windows are busted in. Uh, Reigns, Heyman, the Usos are all selling it. They're, they're trapped in the car. Lesnar is having a great time. They bail out the other side of doors and Lesnar uses the forklift to flip the car that they were in. They commandeer a second vehicle and uh, try to start the car and get, get out of there, basically. I don't know what happened to Haven in amongst all this. Regardless, Lesnar tries to jump in and drag one of the Usos or any one of them out of there, basically. But they drive off, but not before Lesnar pulls the door off the goddamn car <laughs> and then carries that to the ring. He uh, gets a huge reaction, chucking it about for his pyro and what have you, chucking it about in the ring. Uh, and he says, Roman's, he tells, tells Roman he's unleashed the bipolar beast. Uh, he can run or hide, but in two weeks uh, at WrestleMania, he's going to do more than just blow the goddamn doors off of him. He is coming for blood. And Roman better be prepared. This feud is white hot. Yeah, it is, you know. That's the perfect description of it. It is white hot because it kind of... I'm not going to say it doesn't matter what your subjective feelings are about Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, because it does, because it's going to dictate whether you watch the show. It's going to dictate whether or not, I guess, you listen to reviews of the show like this one. So, you know, there may be some people for which this isn't particularly working for because it's quite rote. Um, Sidgwick himself devised a feature that sadly was saved from Monday Night Raw and yet has been on SmackDown two weeks in a row <laughs> about WWE's vehicular obsession at this time of year. So a lot of this uh, conformed to a lot of cliches. However, um, fans have been loudly banging uh, Roman stuff without the hairdryer noise on SmackDown. Mm. They were even more into this perfect hybrid of Cowboy Brock with angry beast Lesnar. I've mixed feelings on bipolar beast because I have a feeling yeah. that Vincent Mann's love love of alliteration is slightly him confusing an actual medical condition with something he just thinks is funny to say. Yeah. Because Brock Lesnar is, he's laughing one minute, he's angry the next. Like, I, I worry that that's going to be seen as uh, trivialising something that is a far greater concern than the people actually live with bi- bipolar. So I don't particularly want that one to stick. But I think they'd maybe, like, for Brock's sheer carnage caused with, yet again, a car door. It's not the first time we've seen oh. him nearly white people out with a car door. Um, they might have got away with it for one week only. Fans were super hot for it. They, it was a strange situation because WWE had promised Brock Lesnar and had to deliver him. And having him in a backstage segment driving a forklift on what was obviously a pre-tip might have not been enough. So they had to send him out to the ring to ensure that he'd been delivered for the mm. night. So there was a certain, there was an obligation they had to see through here. But in terms of seeing through an obligation, I thought this was one of the more entertaining ways they could have done it. I like watching Brock Lesnar 
add to his pyro the showmanship of lobbing a car door to the ground and seeing yes. if it bounces like one of my kids would, a, like a bouncy ball. This is just, this dates all the way back to us wanting to see Bobby Lashley do assault courses. When you have freakish human beings on your roster that indeed pass every airport test still, make them do freakish stuff. Yeah. I'll wait for the I'll wait for the premium live events to watch the wrestling. I don't mind this on my wrestling television. No, exactly. And I, I just, I particularly enjoyed Roman Reigns on his promo talking about being in God mode and then just, oh, bloody hell, he's here. Let's get out of here, lads. It's two weeks in a row that someone involved in the bloodline has just scarpered in a car rather than face Brock Lesnar. Say what you will, by the way, about Roman Reigns' run. There will be debate on the duration of it, how it, like how if it's always been good, if it's been peaks and troughs, if what. Uh, in terms of a long-standing title run or a long-standing top guy run, I can't think of a run of more hideous T-shirts than one Roman Reigns <laughs> They go from bad to worse to worse still. And uh, this God Mode one is just the latest of monstrous things they've made him wear. And will no doubt flog in the millions, by the way. People paid four figures for a Fiend belt. They'll pay two for one of them shirts. Uh, that was followed by the uh, number one contenders for the SmackDown tag titles, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick. Boobs in action against Los Lotharios. Still love them doing the kiss cam. I still love that. <laughs> Um, yeah, especially exactly. when it's followed up in the ring by them blowing a kiss to Shinsuke Nakamura that he subsequently catches, stomps on it and goes, <laughs> So that was great. Um, it reminded me of when Nakamura fought AJ in New Japan and he swallowed the bullet from uh, AJ's bullet club gun. Mm. Uh, he let it sort of, you saw him like mime exploding in his stomach. I did enjoy that. I want to talk about kiss cams, if that's right with you. You're a big fan, aren't you? Absolutely. Did you see, I don't know which American sports game it was. Hockey, the I weekend. think it was, if I know what you're talking you, about. So you did see it then. From the hockey, did you see the kiss cam of the couple that weren't a couple, only for the actual boyfriend to reappear in the yes. Oh, my God. For anybody that hasn't seen this, um, mine and Worldwide's eyes have just gone wild thinking about this again. There's a kiss cam, and it's going around the stadium, and you see it cuts to two people separated by one seat in the middle. So, obviously... You know, there's, there could be everything there. There could be nothing there. They could be complete strangers. There could be a reason why there's a middle seat between them. Maybe they're just doing something COVID compliant. But if there's one thing America hates, it's COVID compliance. So the kiss cam's <laughs> like, the kiss cam's like, kiss, kiss, kiss. So they kind of look at each other. There's a bit of a shrug. Initially, the woman's like, no, 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 So the, the implication is that they don't, they don't really know each other. This, mm. this ain't a thing. Or if it is, maybe they're in the middle of a row. Whatever it is, she's like, no, no, no. And then there's kind of kiss cams have got that sort of bit of charm about them, don't they? So they're going for the kiss. It's quite the kiss, isn't it? I will if you will, yeah. And then they go for it. Yeah. It goes from, like, I wouldn't say zero to 100. Uh, it's not like Sharon and Phil in EastEnders where we're ripping each other's clothes off. But, they, you know, it's like zero, <laughs> zero to about 75 where they're, you know, they're, they're not necking on, but they're about as close as you can do without the being tongue, like spit being swapped. And the crowd cheers and everything's all good again. They go back to the chairs. No harm done. Um, only... Three kisses later, there potentially yep. is a bit of harm done because the kiss cam returns to the seat and the boyfriend of the woman sits down to take his seat with a look of, I miss anything. And the whole crowd just responds with this, ooh. Whilst, whilst you just got to point this out, whilst the kiss cam says, kiss cam winner or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, how are you? The, how are we the kiss cam winner? I've just been in the loo or like in the bar or whatever. And she's just like, oh, I think I got some explaining to do. 
there's a lot of this at the moment, isn't there? Because wasn't there, um, I saw one the other, this was, like, I should have read upon the context of this. Did you see the one where like, there was some mascot that checks the validity of diamond rings or something? Did you see this Oh, one? See yes, this? I saw that. It was like, he had like a... What? I don't know why. I don't know what is that. What's that about? It's like, hey, are you rich or are you fake? Like, <laughs> but yeah, so he's like running. It looks like a Ghostbusters Geiger counter mm. and he runs it over the ring. Uh, I, I don't know why you would want to shame somebody into buying a Christmas cracker ring. You know, money's money. You know, it's this third of a wage business is uh, just in case my wife's listening while I'm recording from home. It's a myth, isn't it? <laughs> like, uh, you know, you spend what you spend on a ring. And um, I runs the runs the old guy counter over the ring and just gives a big red X <laughs> She storms off and the guy is left to suffer while everybody she walks past has a big old laugh in her face. Yeah. Love that. That's why they kiss camera rules. Kiss cam rules, this. I've, uh, I've been known to rail on football in the past, but it's all the more reason why I think American sports and the lunacy within it to be embraced compared to ours. That was a rubbish. I feel they have infected football, though, with the... Oh, can I have your shirt? Piss off! <laughs> I hate that. I hate him. If we ever go to a lower league game together, should we try and get you a shirt? Like, should I just pretend you're my son? Okay. Honest, I, I think, think if my team gets any, any more injuries, I think we'll be playing for him. So, <laughs> uh, right. So, anyway, in the match itself, after uh, Nakamura's stomped on the kiss, uh, Nakamura's in control, uh, running knee. Um, he's, he's basically up until Lost Authorities do the blind tag, it's all Nakamura. Uh, in comes Angel and they double basement drop kick taken to take control. They cut him off from Boogs. Um, Umberto comes back in and knocks Boogs off the apron and gets a near fall on Nakamura. Eventually, Boogs tags in and just runs wild, chucks Angel, press slam to Umberto. Um, just put 10 push-ups effects or whatever, 10 lifts with Umberto in the press climb before chucking him onto Angel. And then he gets Angel before he could lift him up for the boot trues. He's just sort of like pull-ups there or something. <laughs> uh, nails him. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Rick Boogs is the man who should take the title off uh, Roman Reigns. I think he's in control. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. Um, right. The... The match was fine. It was a five-minute WWE TV match. Uh, Boogs and Nakamura at this point know how to play to each other's strengths. Nakamura looks like he's having fun with it, which is the best you're ever going to get out of Nakamura. But um, though it is a fool's errand to try and analyse WWE too deeply, I am that fool. And we're going to do it anyway. Because yet again, you were like, I'm left asking more questions than I want to ask about this. This felt so middling and like extraneous compared to some of the other things happening on the show. And yet, and yet these are the number one contenders to the tag titles on the biggest show of the year. The whole thing couldn't feel more small time. And yet these have a match against the Usos and it's the same card we're talking about this two night card. It's stupendous. It's a two night card where two people are so desperate to go on it that they would fight over interviewing somebody. Yeah. As to bigger stars than Nakamura and Rick Boogs in Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Yet you, you don't even have to dig deep or deeper than the same week of television to find a cavernous hole in all of this. And it's just, I mean, it's pretty milk toast, isn't it? Have you seen this might dampen your flames somewhat? Have you seen that like both nights are apparently gonna have a two-hour kickoff? What? The WrestleMania. 
There we go. I mean, the one thing we can at least guarantee about these kickoffs is it's not going to be an hour and 50 minutes of because at least that's on the other show. Um, but this is a kickoff match, isn't it? Boogs and Nakamura versus the Usos is a kickoff match. Nope. Are you shaking your head, Wilborn? What? Until the Viking Raiders wrestle their way back in for a triple threat. What? Like when, what? When, I'm sorry. I re- make, this, make, this, make this make sense, Wilborn. Make this make sense. Are you telling me 100,000 people shouting, Boogs! Does not get you <laughs> excited. Never mind the glass shattering. No one cares about that. Look, I'm going to have a great yeah. time with it. Um, yeah, all right. I, I I quite like this, to be perfectly honest. I think this is going to be a, quite a decent match. This was, you know, necessary in terms of like, well, they just tricked their way into a tag team title match at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I will even say that maybe, I don't think this was the case, but maybe there was a plan to have some sort of mad New Day match, but that's kind of gone out the window with, with Biggie's horrific injury, of course. So, yeah, you're yeah. you with what you've got and uh, more than adequate replacement, I'd say. It's just, again, even the Usos themselves, you would think men that until, what was it, 2018 had grafted just to get on the card. Do you remember mm. how big a deal that was that the Usos had never had a WrestleMania match before? And they finally got that. It was the fatal four-way tag, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, or the one they got, and they, they had to follow Ronda Rousey's debut. And they lost their tag belts to the Bludgeon yeah. Brothers. But the whole point was that they got one, and it was well, well, well overdue. That was only four years ago. Do you not think they should pipe up and be like, hang on. How have you just got this match? Dolph Ziggler's only had his once. Dolph Ziggler's only had his one singles match, and it was an empty building. He lost to Otis. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fighting for him particularly. I'm just, you know, it's, it's the bigger point. Mm. I went and did it anyway. Why did I do it anyway? I think the thing is, is you're getting worked up about the wrong, worked up about the wrong thing. Because I know we don't do it on this. But, oh, my God, do I want to skip everything involving Drew McIntyre and Corbin's gaggle of knobheads. They recapped everything. Jinder and Madcap Moss and Shanky and the Viking Raiders. And then uh, Corbin's in the back with Megan Rant and he says, oh, my plan went exactly as I wanted to last week. I mean, it was salvaged by Madcap Moss's joke. What do you call an episode of Happy Talk that puts everyone to sleep? Nappy Talk. It's not quite poo day, but it is certainly top five for him. Right, just on that, because I don't want to talk about the match, so let's talk about this instead, right? Do the match, and then I want to go back to this joke, because that's the content that matters. Sorry. Eric jumps Shanky. Shanky fights back. Mahal comes in. He gets hit with a spine buster. Ivar gets isolated. Corbin taunts McIntyre. Mahal's with Ivar. Ivar fights back. Corbin stops him tagging. Corbin beats down Ivar. Ivar gets the tag to McIntyre. Corbin immediately tags out. McIntyre, Mishinoku driver on Shanky, Claymore looking, pointing at, um, what's his name? Happy Corbin. One, two, three. Uh, really, uh, uh, they've done everything. I've no desire to see this match whatsoever. I'm just going to defer to Bob Holly when it comes to reviewing this match. Whole thing sucked. Uh, so let's get back to nappy talk for just a second. Um, I'm a lover of a pun. And I don't know if it's ever come across in the podcast before, but you're a lover of uh, silly jokes. Indeed. This is no sillier than virtually every Madcap Moss joke ever, right? That's fair to say, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ever. This is absolutely... I know, like, you say poo day. What goes in the nappy? Poo. Poo. <laughs> so, same postcode. Um, the way that everybody was scripted to react was as if they didn't know Madcap Moss had this in his chamber. Yeah. Imagine... 
Imagine like we're like me and Sidgwick are sitting down to do a podcast with you, and it's the you're like you're at your best, I think, in the intro to the um, NXT 2.0 one mm. because that's when that's when every show, bar one, gets gets its biggest and boldest introduction. Yes. Right? and I, I I live for that. But imagine if at that point every week, me and Sidgwick just like took the podcast hostage. What what are you doing, Wilborn? <laughs> it's NXT 2.0. We're here to talk about wrestling. What's going on here? What are these switch switch these buttons off now? Talk me through the arm bar and that opener. Toxic attraction of wrestlers, for God's sake. Right. That was the that was the reaction of that crew of heels. Like as if uh, you know, oh, who's brought this guy out on a piss with us? Well, you, every single every single week for the last six months. This is what he does, right? So were we if 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 there was a reason for that, were we to believe that Oh, how the turntables have turned. Madcap Moss has done a joke at Corbin's expense and he doesn't like it. Is this setting up the Madcap Moss babyface turn? I hope so. I love Madcap Moss. I think he's great. Well, and I think people are gravitating towards him and his, his silly boots and his silly suspenders and his silly neck bumps off a Drew McIntyre spot. <laughs> and I, I, I sort of think, are they... Like, so this week, the te- I'm trying to apply narrative why. The team have lost again to Drew. Corbin is going to lose to Drew. Are they doing a thing where next week Corbin is going to be, you know, Jinder, you blew it. Like, get you out of it. Like, we don't need you, do we, Moss? And then Moss cracks another joke and Corbin's getting progressively more annoyed with Madcap Moss to the point where he's got no friends at WrestleMania and WWE and their efforts to protect Baron Corbin say part of the reason he was decimated by Drew was because he alienated all his mates. Is that where all of this is going? I don't care. <laughs> but you like Madcap Moss. You just said so. I just don't care about any of this. I like, give Drew his win at WrestleMania. I mean, you should have given it to him last year, probably, but... <laughs> have him uh, celebrate with the, fans at WrestleMania. I love the reaching that people have done over the weekend as well. Back when I defeated Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and there was nobody in the building and the world was locked down, the one thing I said to you through the camera, my hand reaching out, touching your hand, I said, I want to be there to win a mid-card match in Wales. The <laughs> 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 amount of people that have gone to suggest that, like, a big outdoor show in Wales in September uh, in the UK was, was that was that was Drew's goal. Thank, thank Drew McIntyre for this, because he's going to get the night he deserves. <laughs> In my hometown of Cardiff. <laughs> cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Well, one man who I am looking forward to seeing have a match at WrestleMania is Sami Zayn. And uh, he got a backstage promo talking about the fact he should be Intercontinental Champion. Uh, but it, he's not blaming Johnny Knoxville. Instead, he's just going to teach him a lesson. He's going to show Knoxville what it's like to really step into his world. Uh, and he offers out an anything goes match at WrestleMania. Uh, which later on, I'm going to combine these two segments. Sami Zayn uh, Zayn's res- uh, gets the response from Knoxville, talks about getting knocked out cold by Butterbean, strapping himself to a red rocket, and he just can't help himself. He starts laughing. He accepts Sami Zayn's challenge. We are getting Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Anything goes at WrestleMania 38. For me, the perfect WrestleMania development for this match. When I uh, hear the phrase Red Rocket, I always think of South Park. And if there yep. was anyone in wrestling that was going to strap themselves to Red Rocket, it'd be Tony Khan. But I guess it's happening in WWE instead. <laughs> the, uh, this is great because um, we enjoyed ourselves booking various jackass-related spots that never came to light in the Royal Rumble, I think. Yeah. Instead, instead we got Johnny Knoxville working the King's Road style in the middle <laughs> of the 2022 Battle Royal. Um, but this, it's Fodder for another preview for another day, but absolutely the right call, isn't it? Let's do let's do a WrestleMania jackass match uh, and get to sort of enjoy the fruits of that of WrestleMania week itself. Fan casting what it is they might do. Yeah. Genius, I think this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got an excellent women's tag team match, uh, ruined by the finish, of course. Rhea Ripley <laughs> and Liv Morgan versus Sasha Banks and Naomi. Uh, you, almost had me. you almost had me in the first half there, not going to lie. Really? I thought this was some great work from all of them. They had Carmella, the tag champs, Carmella and Zelina, uh, Queen Zelina, uh, sat at ringside. Uh, and they'd like, oh, please watch this YouTube series where she's just shagging Corey Graves, because that's what's distracting her from defending these tag titles. Match, though, is just four great workers working really well together. And they put in an amazing amount of effort for a thing that was always going to go to a DQ. Because I was watching this going... Mm. Who loses this? Because they're both fighting for the titles at WrestleMania, aren't they? So it's, no, it's not like the lost authority is really like, well, they can lose, blah, blah, blah. Banks early on takes the advantage, uh, runs up the corner into an arm drag. Uh, Morgan rolls up Banks, though, for a near fall. They both go for a drop kick. There's a sort of standoff. It's back and forth between these two early on. Uh, Naomi comes in and hits a split-legged leg drop for a two count. Ripley comes in and drop kicks Naomi to the back of the head. Um Takes control, but Banks makes a blind tag. Uh, she comes in, needs a Ripley's head, head scissors, uh, and Ripley and Morgan send Banks and Naomi to the floor, to which Ripley cannonballs off the apron to take us to a break. When we come back, Ripley's got Naomi up for a vertical suplex, but she breaks free uh, and hits a springboard kick. And then Banks and Liv Morgan coming at the same time. Banks hits the double knees in the corner and Meteora gets a two count. Morgan recovers. It's an Inseguri. Uh, Ripley comes in with a huge missile drop kick uh, to get a near fall as well. She goes to the Riptide, but Banks, because she's amazing, reverses it into the backstabber. Naomi hits the split leg in Moonsault, but uh, Morgan dives in to break up the uh, pin attempt. Quite rightly, this gets a This Is Awesome chant. Uh, Banks and Naomi to go for the double suplex thing in the in the, the, the corner but Morgan comes in which seems dumb because her opponent's at the top of this huge power bomb thing uh, but regardless doesn't matter because at that point in comes Natalia and Shayna Baszler to attack everyone Carmella and Queen Zelina get involved as well uh, and the champions pose and Baszler and Natalia point uh, stare at the champs and Natalia points at the Wrestlemania sign this is the bit where I thought you were going to get angry 
regarding Seth Rollins not able to get on the WrestleMania card because these two made it like a cakewalk. It's piss piss. Like you could, the cakewalk could have been down the aisle to speak to Edge before he turned blue. He was offering an open invitation, let alone all the freebies that are getting tossed out on SmackDown. Yeah, this was. I'll be, this was better than decent, this. And, well, it's a bloody good job, isn't it? Because we're going to have to get used to about six different versions of it between now and WrestleMania, inclusive of the show itself. There, We've already had various versions of the tag team match on Raw with the champions. The champions who look the least credible of all the challenges. I, I guess that's the story. It's not a very mm. good one, but I think that's the story, is that the champions are far less credible than any of the... Uh... Did you catch Pat McAfee? <laughs> He does this sometimes, and he means it enthusiastically, but it's the sort of stuff WWE like to keep under wraps whenever possible. Highlighting that everybody is a makeshift team in the moment. Yes. Like, everybody around at the moment, nobody's, nobody's for real. But he, he kind of meant to say that endearingly. But it's obviously a huge problem with this division, the, the women's division and the women's tag division. Um, so it's looking, obviously, now like it's a four-way. I don't know if you spotted over the weekend, Wilborn, but ahead of this happening, ahead of the inevitable Natalia and Shayna Baszler um, entry into the match, I um, we talked about this on a podcast, I think, but I decided to use my expert Photoshop skills to uh, fan cast. Spectacular work, I saw this. I did wonder if people could even see it with Photoshop or not, to be honest, or if they wondered if they'd missed something from an old WrestleMania. Yeah. But I had it appear as if maybe that um, Bailey and Asuka would get uh, added to the match last minute much like the Hardy Boys were. And then did you see over the weekend that Bailey and Asuka themselves, no less than 24 hours later, attempted to manifest this themselves mm-hmm. with tweets to one another about this? Um, I mean, that's how this match is rescued from oblivion, isn't it? Yeah, that's how exactly. it's rescued from, from being anything other than mid-card filler. Also, this is more podcast housekeeping, but what a better time to talk about it than now. Um, people that can't see your Queen's Luna face you put when you do that voice... I listened to WrestleCulture on Friday because I wanted to hear if um, John Harrison's absolute ripper of an intro would be included in time and hear how you would attempt to follow actual music with your version of music. I wanted to hear that music. (laughs) And uh, I heard you doing your best. um, Well, I'm going to call it Weller and the Whale because I felt like I could see a face that you were pulling as you did your Paul Weller voice. I would encourage everybody to go and listen to this WrestleCulture intro, mainly for John Harrison's riff, which I assume oh, will just so be keeping. good. We'll be keeping in full time, won't we? That's kind of yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just dropping if he wants to do one for the reviews as well. He's very welcome. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, I just, I really enjoyed what I imagined was your Paul Weller face, very similar to your Noah and the Whale face. <laughs> I hope I don't have to wait five years' time to see it again. It is, it is very much. That's sports entertainment. <laughs> oh, what as well? You'd put the work in. I could tell how much you'd put the work in, and you had to go a long way to drag it over the line. And I don't think the boys quite knew how to how to react to what they just witnessed. Tough crowd, honestly. It was. Uh, but yeah, should have gone for should have gone for style council. They're better than the job. <laughs> so, like the the match gave me a great deal of hope for this WrestleMania match because I was like, if you can get the other two teams out of there and just have these women <laughs> work, it's going to be brilliant. But yeah, I'm just hoping for for Bailey and Asuka now to come and save this whole goddamn thing. The more the more we get, the more they have the potential to turn it into a turmoil match for the second year in a row. And I can't actually decide if that's better or worse. Mm. Well, Sonya Deville, as I said afterwards, announced them in the match. Hey, Shayna Baszler's on the WrestleMania card. That's good by me. Um, yeah, good for her. 
In the midst of all this, by the way, Michael Cole informs Pat McAfee that he's been summoned to Mr. McMahon's office uh, and uh, he goes back there and then he's seen, uh, after some ad breaks and what have you, uh, leaving McMahon's office after they recap what's been going on. And then he cuts the greatest promo I've ever seen. I love this. He comes down and a bit like L.A. Nair on yeah. 2.0, he is channeling Rock and Austin so much so he just uses the catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> says, give me a hell yeah. He said at one point, I think he was going for the millions and that's when Pat, uh, that's when Austin Theory's music plays. But yes, Pat McAfee comes down, he says, when he was 11 years old, he stole into some no-name network uh, showing wrestling. It changed his life forever. Uh, he... Uh, he, he just loved watching all hell break loose. Uh, and then he realized that's what he was put on this earth to do. Other professions may have got her in the way, but after he retired, he gets a call from Michael Cole, who offers him a spot on Friday night on SmackDown. And he says, hell yeah. The millions bit. And then Austin Theory's music comes off and uh, he comes down to the ring and says, you got anything for me? And uh, yes, it's revealed that uh, he's been told he has to apologize to Austin Theory. Otherwise, he will lose that match at WrestleMania. And McAfee can't quite bring himself to do it. He starts and then ugh, chokes on his words. Uh, and then he says, you know what, Austin Theory, I am sorry for beating your ass last week. I'm sorry <laughs> that your parents raised a douchebag. I'm sorry that I made your goddamn face relevant. I'm sorry that you're a punk-ass bitch. And uh, Theory smiles because I think he thinks he's won by getting an apology. Shoves McAfee, yeah. jumps out of the ring. This is one of the best feuds heading into WrestleMania. I love this. You are one of the best feuds heading into WrestleMania, mate. You are. That was an excellent promo you just cut there in your performance as Pat McAfee because I thought this was crap. Um, I don't... I feel... <sighs> I don't feel nothing for this program, but I don't feel anywhere near enough. And I don't feel as much as I did when it was Vince. And I need, I need that old Beauty and the Beast candle getting in there and taking a kick to the head off the punter of the year. I don't need Austin Theory running in with slaps. I, I'll say this right. I don't know if you saw this. We haven't had, we haven't had the opportunity to talk wrestling and, and social media and all that sort of stuff as much as we've been out of the office. But did you see the video that McAfee made himself? about what it is to be... A, oh, man. Like, oh, I did, I did back, see this, yes. Well, three and a half, four minutes long, and it was made. Him, it was better than whatever they could produce for him, basically, about what it is to, to chase this particular dream of his. I believed it, I bought it. Um, it sort of speaks to him being not as green as we might have first thought when he had that ripper with Adam Cole. On that, mm. like he's, you know, this is something that's been in the back of his mind for longer than he's maybe let on at points. And why is to do that as well? Make yourself look more like an amateur and then people won't spot just how much of a professional you are. Uh, maybe this will be all right on the night, you know. I, maybe, like, I don't worry I about the... Being... I think it's going to be a show stealer, this. I yeah, think this is going to be a special be... guest referee, maybe. And uh, I think it's going to be one of the best matches at WrestleMania, or the most memorable, at least. I Yeah, Pat McAfee's got this amazing habit of getting things over by force of will. And I think he'll manage that here, but I'm just I'm not into the build, if I'm honest. I'm into you. Then we got Kofi Kingston versus Ridge Bloody Holland. Um, it was a nice moment here, um, especially discovering that they originally planned a segment where Ridge boasted about breaking Big E's neck, supposedly. So they recap what's happened, uh, and Cole was talking about Kingston gay. Four Biggies uh, neck break. Um, 
They even showed the bit. I don't think we saw this on telly actually last week with uh, Biggie getting taken out on the stretcher and the thumbs up and all the lovely messages on social media echoed, of course, by all of us here at What Culture. We hope he is better and back in the ring as soon as he is physically able to do that. Um, but on commentary, despite the fact that they're a bunch of bastards featuring Butch now, Cole did say that Holland apologised to Biggie and hopes he gets better soon, which I thought was genuinely just a nice touch from WWE. Uh, Kingston, though, he's, he's fired up, drop kicks Holland at the start. Uh, Kingston eventually hits a springboard crossbody to the floor. Uh, we go to break. When we come back, Holland hits Kingston with a back elbow uh, and he'd taken over during the break because Sheamus had uh, distracted. Oh, no, it hit Kingston uh, with the clothesline on the outside. Uh, Kingston starts fighting back out of a chin lock. Kingston uh, gets a clothesline to take Holland down, hits the boom drop, sets up for the pol- uh, trouble in paradise. Holland catches him. Kingston breaks free, goes up top. This is when Sheamus distracts the referee and Butch knocks Kingston off the top. The referee doesn't know what's gone on, but he senses interference, shenanigans. So he kicks Sheamus and Butch out of ringside, sends them to the back. Um, Butch is not having any of this. He's still desperate to get back in um, and, 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 and fighting against Sheamus. All these distracts. He, in fact, gets into the ring, but Sheamus pulls him out. This uh, distraction allows Holland to uh, grab Kofi Kingston and hit him with Northern Grit and get the big victory. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I can be kinder to this as and when I can see the function of it manifest. So Xavier Woods has returned at house show, has he not? But the keeping yes. his on-screen return, probably until next week, as Kofi Kingston is being now completely outgunned by the numbers games, as we can assume he would have done had it not been for the accident that befell Big E. That, mm. uh, it still would have been a three-on-two. They would have needed Woods back. So Woods coming back to help Kofi at least make it three-on-two still makes sense. I would like to see them get creative and find somebody that can be a fun sub for Big E to make it a three-on-three as well. I think I'm more interested in the... Um, six-man tag than I am a handicap. So I, I'm, I, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just say a handicap match has been enough. But I'm more interested, I think, in them trying to find a... Like, make it make it a bit of fun. Like, put the old silhouette graphic up and give us a mystery partner for the night and say it's going to be three-on-three, three, but we're going to have somebody, a suitable replacement for Big E, and then actually work at pulling some... Like, pull a legend out of the mothballs for WrestleMania weekend to be a surprise yeah. member of the New Day tonight. But, uh, yeah, I did... What do you think about the E stuff? I thought that was a really nice touch from WWE. Yeah, it was all right. It was like, it's strange, isn't it? It being WWE, you can sort of quite enjoy one thing on a Friday night and then read about the exploitation they wanted to on the Monday morning. Mm. So you get about you get about two, three days to be like, oh, that's rare of them to do a nice thing. And then a story comes out where like, they didn't want to do the nice thing. <laughs> so it's all... It's, it's a bit of both, as usual, with them. I'd rather this. I feel like where it's there are some times where wrestling injuries can be a gift um, to the plot. This can be a gift without it being exploitative. And yes. I think they probably walk, they walk that line just about right here. Right, main event time. Uh, Charlotte Flair is going to come out and make her challenge to Ronda Rousey. Uh, they recap everything that's gone on with these two. Charlotte Flair comes down to the ring. Uh, said she'd always had a plan. She talks about slamming Ronda Rousey onto the hood of a car last week. And who knew that you could dent a car by chucking someone's head into it, basically. Uh, she said she basically was about to tap Ronda Rousey out, but the referees pulled her off. Uh, there was a you tapped out chant to, to Charlotte Flair, which uh, riles her, riles the audience up a bit more. She says her legacy is bigger than Ronda, uh, Ronda Rousey's. Um, she says no one's caused her the sort of uh, pain and upset that she has. Yeah. Have you seen a UFC record? <laughs> Um, 
But she said, when she loses at WrestleMania, Ronda will leave to go and have another baby. But Flair isn't going anywhere. And Rousey just doesn't have the passion to be a 13-time world champion. But anyway, she didn't want to wait till WrestleMania. Uh, she demanded Rousey come out to her home city of Charlotte and uh, woos and challenges are, are put down. Rousey is seen earlier on watching this promo and she starts storming to the ring, went, Hey, Kayla! Asked her a question about whether or not she thinks it's a trap. Kayla Braxton, smart lady. Uh, but Ronda ignores her and keeps walking. And McAfee notes that that was a really good question to be asking. Rousey marched down to the ring. I think it's one of those things where she knows it's a trap, but she just doesn't care. Flair's got a kendo stick, of course, which is a lovely callback to Survivor Series. Um, mm -hmm. Rousey dodges the kendo stick, though, and just starts peppering Flair with rights and lefts, and she tackles Flair down. Flair fights back. Um and she goes for the, the, the arm bar and stuff. But uh, in the midst of all this, Flair throws Rousey into the side of the ring as they go down to the floor. But uh, Rousey recovers, puts her in the ankle lock. But Flair grabs another kendo stick she's hidden near the timekeeper's area, twats Rousey with that, chokes her out with it. Blood's coming from Ronda Rousey's mouth. It looks awesome, this. Uh, and then Flair grabs Ronda Rousey and power bombs her through the announce table to stand tall as the show goes off the air. My God, have they turned my interest in this in this feud around? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, did you see that? The it's very possible that WWE are going to main event night one with the KO show. Have you seen this? Oh, I, this was mentioned by Murray this morning. I said, "Was this is this purely because Kevin Owens said this is going to be the main event of WrestleMania?" Well, it's there's that there's the usual murmurings you get around this time of year where there's nothing confirmed yet, so people start. There's breadcrumbs of various things, and I like this, so I'm with you in that regard. I, I thought this was stronger than the uh, car stuff from the week before, um, and I like the chemistry between the two. I, I'm not, I'm not wholly sold yet on just how much fire Rousey's got in her belly. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt till WrestleMania. Mm. I mean, I want to see that match on that night. I really enjoyed the uh, Elimination Chamber judo stuff. I was hyped for a return in the Royal Rumble and that carried through. But I think this match will determine exactly if Ronda is kind of faking it till she makes it or she's still got this want to do this. Because I'm just, something's not quite hitting for me in her performance yet. I don't, Maybe she doesn't want to and, you know, go and make your money, I guess. that's This is the company to go and do it. But, like, I don't know. The chemistry's there. The physicality's there. I just, I don't feel like I buy the fire in the belly from Rousey specifically than I did when she was in her original run. And why I mentioned the Austin Owens thing is because not only that, but I would currently put this, if you were going to, if you were going to structure the card, and I know WWE structures its card the way it structures its card, and you have cooldown matches and things, but what I'm saying is in terms of ranking matches in order of magnitude to build a main event as a main event, and you're not doing the KO show. I've probably got Becky and Bianca above this on night one. I've read that that's going to open. Well, and, you know, and that's, again, part of how WWE structures their shows. But I'm just saying, in terms of what feels big, and yeah, in terms of stakes, fair. and... I would personally put the Raw Women's title above this in terms of the two big matches on the show that feel like they're okay. competing for that headline spot. They might get there with this. I just, I don't know. I, it's it's something in Rousey's eyes at the moment. I think it's cool that she's happy to be there. I'm glad she's back. But I, I'm going to wait to the match to see if we've got the old Ronda still there. This, was, this wasn't bad. This wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I just, you know, Charlotte destroys Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's got blue coming out of her mouth. That's my kind of stuff, this. 
Candlestick was a candlestick destruction thing was a really nice call. Yeah, I just think they've really, you know, uh, completely changed my opinion on this because I was, the, the, if you'd have told me at the Royal Rumble when she comes out, she's not going to be fighting Becky, you know, you know she's going to be fighting Charlotte. I'd have gone, mm. oh, you bastards. But I think they've really hit their stride, these two. And I'm, I'm well into this and I think it deserves to main event night one of WrestleMania. But I can see that if you are just going to do a segment finishing with a nice stunner and people getting beers chucked about, yeah, I can see why you do that because you're in the But I think these two deserve the main event spot that they were initially given. And uh, I would have this main event and have Ronda standing tall to close out night one of WrestleMania. But there you have it. Yeah, it's uh, very intriguing next, what, less than 14 days to, to see what happens next with the, with this feud and the whole of, of uh, WWE as we head towards WrestleMania. But let us know your thoughts on Friday Night Smackdown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... I'm at Michael Hamlet, and I'd just like to steal some time on this platform to wish a very happy World Down Syndrome Day to all that celebrate. Uh, hashtag inclusion matters. And it does for all of those with Down Syndrome, for families and friends of people with Down Syndrome or other disabilities who have excellent taste in podcasts. And if they listen to this one, they do. So inclusion matters to them. Have a great day. And if you are so inclined, check the top of my Twitter at Michael Hamlet, where you can kick a bit of money to Down Syndrome Northeast through sponsoring me to drag my fat ass around the Great North Run in September. <laughs> Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, myself and Sige will be back to uh, review AW Rampage and look ahead to Manara a little bit later on today. But for now, this has been the SmackDown review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.